When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Annie Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we spoke to one of the TalkSport production staff who is uh, a Ukrainian background, yeah. but also an England fan. Kate Pickovitz joined us and told us uh, how she's torn out of the game tomorrow night, but she did nail her colours to the mask. She did. As you will discover. Uh, John Motson was on fine form today, looking back on some of those memorable England games and doing those big matches when the whole nation are watching. Mm. He was uh, he was uh, very good today. And Martin Kellner. Trenchant. Trenchant view. <laughs> from Martin Kellner in his sport on TV. Can't put in noses out of joint. Flying yeah. in the face of uh, what many people have been saying. But that's the man. That's the so, man. So, um, here it all is. It is uh, six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. And everyone's getting so carried away, but I'm not. Uh, do you like my new hat? Oh, let's have a look. Know. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, some some people suit a bucket hat. Yeah, Liam Gallagher, for example. Some people can carry it off. Other people look a bit like Bill and Ben. What we're going to do is we'll get a picture of this. Andy has bought an It's Coming Home a bucket hat. We'll add classic football, uh, classic football shirts. Right, yeah. they so, sent you one. Yeah, no, they said I bought it. Oh, you bought it from oh, yeah. them. I so, bought it for a joke. Uh, yeah, so, well, I can see why you bought it for a joke. <laughs> no, I'll we'll wear send it out the picture. The we'll get, give us marks out of it. Andy, Andy doesn't, I mean, he's a man who wears a lot of caps. Doesn't suit me, though, I agree. It's a but hard hat to wear. I mean, I'm looking, there's some funny looks. <laughs> What the, I don't know what he looks like. I Fishing mean, says Jamie. It does it does it like you just about yeah. It's I'll it, leave it for Nigel because there's no there's no forehead. All we can see is like your glasses and like a hat attached to it. It is quite small, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. Should have got a bigger yeah. size. Yeah, you can try. Okay, well, fantastic. Suit you massively. Yeah, suit me, yeah, anyway, Jim White told me he's off the Sports Direct to buy a, a yep. Ukraine shirt. So that should be good. <laughs> well, I say we're going to be chatting to someone later yeah. on. One of our own top team here at TalkSport is uh, Ukrainian and English. I but know. probably predominantly Ukrainian, but has lived in England, a family have lived in England. She's always lived here. so She be, possesses both in she England. She possesses both, both a Ukraine both shirt. She yeah. does, that's right. So uh, we'll be chatting to Kate later on. Uh, a couple of things from Wimbledon I've noticed. This, this uh, tickled me. Do you see the French player Benoit Paire? 
Uh, he was criticised for deliberately losing. And I would have said you get nothing for a pair, not in this game, but he got 48 grand. Oh. First, <laughs> yeah, first round loser. Very much nothing, that's <laughs> true. It's brilliant, isn't it? Mm. And um, also the Duke of Kent. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, amazingly... He, I always worry when you say I that. I know. Yeah. Well, exactly. Amazingly, he had a, a, an engagement that was nothing to do with Wimbledon. Uh, the Trinity Laban Conservatoire, Conservatoire of Music and Dance <laughs> held a, a meeting and he had to attend it. But he obviously thought Trinity Laban was that girl who went out in the second round. Yeah, it's the young he, American the young girl. American 17. <laughs> She's very good. Absolutely. I'm not sure I hold with a lot of all this uh, football being a redemptive thing. There was a whole piece in the sun, Tony Parsons saying, you know, it was only a game of football but it felt like redemption, like we can reunite our country again. I just think that's not true. I, don't, I never mm. hold with that. If, you, if you're if you on furlough and you haven't got a job, it's going to make any difference to you the next day that you've won, that England have won a, or, you're, or you've got health problems. It's not going to make any difference. I think people overstate what football is. You know, it's great. Mm. I loved yeah. it. I love the fact we won. It was fantastic. Yeah. But don't overstate it, you know. All right. <laughs> what's, just, what's the downside of overstating Well, I just think it's it's not true. It's a sort of a falsehood, you know, that somehow people on social media suddenly start being nice to each other. They won't. No, they probably just, not. You know, I mean, I mean, England are one poor performance away from it being a pylon, aren't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I like there, there was a piece about Gareth Southgate, and it says, "Oh, here it is." It says, uh, oh, no, "Where was that piece? Because oh, I won't be able to find it now." Uh, it says something like, "Oh, Gareth's a great honourable man and a noble person, and his redemption from what happened previously, twenty-five years ago." And you think, "Well, you won't be saying this if we lose on Sunday morning, <laughs> not at all." You'll be absolutely it'll be opposite. Southgate out, <laughs> of course won't it? Will. Yeah, so absolutely. I know what you mean. It's a transient thing I'm with you, know, you on that but, you know fair enough we all get carried away what can what can you do yeah uh what else have I got here oh yeah I don't like the Gareth Southgate look-alike I don't like him for two reasons he doesn't look like number him. one he doesn't look like him at all <laughs> and number two he's still wearing the, the waistcoat yeah and Gareth's given up the waistcoat so you can't even be bothered to put the work the in the great mate. thing about the, 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 the Britain's greatest ever possible football lookalike which was the David Beckham lookalike mm. wasn't it before whose name I've forgotten we spoke to him enough times over the years mm. is that when David immediately oh David, Andy Hamer yeah. Andy that's right of course as soon as as soon as David changed his hair or he, he got a different look he had a sarong that's right Andy Hamer was straight down um, yeah. down Primark getting a sarong wasn't he <laughs> And he, so he was on trend. He was never a step behind. He never had the previous look. No. So if you're going to be a lookalike... I agree. You've got to step up. You've got to go and find that sort of look. You've got to look like a member of Il Devo, which I is the way Gareth I bet he's still wearing look. a belt, this fella. Little hanky in the pocket, single-breasted suit, no waistcoat. Nice little tie, look in the park, no, I really. think so. Yeah. There have been some suitably ludicrous letters to the papers. This one came in from David Rose, who wrote to The Sun. I felt so ashamed some fans booed the German national anthem, well, none of us like that, that I declined to watch the match. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I'd do that. Would you do that? No, <laughs> Turn that it would off be, the, that would be I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I didn't like it, but no, that would be, but a, you would not, that not would be a massive guy. statement. I never believe people from, when they from say. Me. And yeah. then this bloke said, has anyone else noticed the likeness between Roy Keane and Simon Cow? No. No. <laughs> no one. No one's I think maybe they should bring you in one day just to answer the letters. <laughs> well, in basically, the first thing I do here at the Sun is I'd have a shredder, and the first thing to go into it would be Les Holt's letters. Okay, poor old Les. Les, I can't believe he got fifty quid today for his usual. Wow. 
tell you what you know already type letter. Wow. He's obviously he's cornered the market. He's found a very easy way to make 50 quid. So, um, anything else you want to talk about? Well, oh, yes, the star. The Daily Star love a scare story, don't they? Like, we're mm. going to kill a wasps or whatever. Tomorrow it's 33 degrees is the headline. Three lions made to sweat in humid Rome. You think, oh, blimey, it's going to be hot for the players. And you read all about it, and then it says, the match does not kick off to 8pm, but forecasters still expect the temperature to be 27 degrees. Okay. So, not 33 degrees then. <laughs> not a killer heat wave, just 27 degrees, quite just, warm. Yeah, quite warm. But you kind of headline that says, oh, a killer temperature, England to play. <laughs> Quite warm stadium. <laughs> no one's going to read that, are they? No, that's why you're not in newspapers, Andy. Isn't it? Not in newspapers. I know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Oh, travel so hard. For the first time since the 1966 World Cup final, England have knocked a German side out of a major tournament. It will be England against Ukraine in Rome in the quarterfinals on Saturday. We've only ever been to one European Championship semi-final, so we came here with an intention and we've not achieved that yet. It's Sterling! And England are off and running! We want to do that. First team since 66. We know the quality we've got in the changing room. And now they have everything in their hands. Ukraine into the I definitely think Gareth has to play his first, the first 11, his favourite 11. He can't be switching it up just because it's Ukraine. Now, the Ukrainians are not a walkover, but we should be able to take the Ukrainians out of commission. Much as we're thinking about going through to the final, first of all, worry about the next game, and that's all we have to concern ourselves yeah, sensible words from John Barnes. Let's look ahead to tonight's, uh, sorry, yeah, today's uh, Euro action on TalkSport brought to you by TradePoint. We actually move on to tomorrow night because it is England-Ukraine we're discussing. And uh, as we've been saying, one of our production team here, Kate uh, Pickovitz, is a um, proud Ukrainian. Oh, yes. Has lived in England all her life mm. and um, also follows England. But I guess not when they're playing Ukraine. We're about to find out. We found out about Ramon Vega's loyalties, despite his Spanish uh, heritage. Uh, good afternoon, Kate. Hey, Paul and Andrew, you okay? Yeah, yes. we're, we're good. Now, you people can hear are, that Ukrainian they're, accent. They're, they'll establish quite quickly <laughs> that, yeah, uh, that that's you, you, you've lived here all your life. Um, so you bought an England shirt because we, we know we saw you, yeah, we saw you kind it, of yeah. wearing it when we just before the Scotland game. But you do have your Ukrainian shirt uh, as well. So how are you going to be feeling t- tomorrow night, eight o'clock? I don't know. I'm quite nervous to be honest. Obviously, I'll be sporting Ukraine. They are the underdogs. Um, but Ukraine go into this match with no pressure whatsoever. I think all the pressure 100% is on England. Ukraine have already exceeded expectations by getting out of the group. Their coach, Andriy Shevchenko himself, said anything beyond the group stage is a massive achievement. They've never got past the knockouts uh, round of 16 in their history. So I'm quite confident. I don't expect Ukraine to come out and win it 3-0 exactly, but I definitely think all the pressure is on England. And I'd be very surprised if they don't win tomorrow night. In one sense, though, you can't lose, can you? Because if, <laughs> if Ukraine win, you'll be delighted. But if England win, you'll be delighted that they've gone forward and you'll be proud of Ukraine. So you're in a win-win situation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, as, as I've said, I'm supporting Ukraine tomorrow. But if England do win, obviously I'll be happy as well because I'm English. I was born here, as were my parents. So I guess I have split loyalties. I don't know really how to explain it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I kind of support both countries, and that's just how it is. Will you watch the game with uh, England fans or or, uh, fans from the Ukraine? Oh, no, I'll be watching it with my Ukrainian 
fellow friends. Um, so yeah, we'll be supporting Ukraine all the way, singing the national anthem, and we'll be cheering the boys on. Okay, is there, is there a kind of big uh, Ukrainian population in or in in London as you are now? Though you're not originally from London, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm from um, I'm from Bradford in West Yorkshire, but yeah, there's a huge community in London. There's a, a Ukrainian community uh, club in Holland Park, actually, and there's a big church there where lots of people attend at Christmas and Easter. And um, yeah, there must be now we're getting to third, fourth generation Ukrainians um, in the UK, and there is actually a massive community. So I expect as there is in Rome as well. I expect quite a few Ukrainian fans to be at that game because yeah. there'll be lots of expats in that country too. Your story was fascinating, Kate. Talking about your grandparents, you know, leaving Ukraine when they're, they're sort of, when their lives were in peril and heading for Canada. It's the sort of, the, how fate can intervene. And, and it was um, it was people from up in Yorkshire, wasn't it? Um, mill owners and, and industrialists from up in Yorkshire said, look, you know, why don't you live in England instead of uh, Canada? Why don't you jump <laughs> off the boat now and join us and uh, build a new life? And, you know, it's, you could have been living in Toronto, couldn't you? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of grandparents like uh, will have very similar stories to mine. So one of all four of my grandparents are from Ukraine, the uh, western side near Lviv. Um, and basically in the 1920s, when Ukraine was in quite a bad state with wars and famine, um, a lot of people fled. And um, the story of one of my grandmothers, she fled to Germany and worked in a war camp and learned to cook and worked there as a chef. And then they got offered um, a boat trip, basically, to flee further away from Europe. And a lot of Ukrainians decided to get on this boat. And this boat was headed for Canada, but it actually ended up on the south coast of England. And from there, they got um, picked up by mill workers, because obviously Bradford and a lot of northern mm, England yeah. um, were the textile capitals of Europe. So they set up shop in Bradford and have lived there ever since and became British citizens. Yeah. There's a huge um, population apparently in Italy. They're a quarter of a million Ukrainians live in Italy. They're expecting, it's not going to be a big crowd, but they're yeah. expecting quite a few Ukrainian, really? Ukrainians have tickets tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I expect quite a few will make a drive as well. I've been, I've speaking to um, a few of my friends in Ukraine and they know people who will be doing the 20 hour drive uh, from the Ukrainian border to Rome because this is a historical match. It's huge, even right. if it is. Um, like I said, all the pressure is on England and as Ukrainians, we don't really have much expectations to come out of this game. We're just happy to be there. Right. But oh, it is yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to get inside her head. So will you be having like a nice chick in Kiev to sort of accompany them in? Come on, Anne. That's very route one. Oh, I know. Chicken, I don't know. Why Kiev. Not at all. I'll be having pierogies especially. Oh. Um, I don't know whether you've seen actually the um, official list for this game. So not only are all the officials from Germany, yeah. which is in not at all in England's favour, but one of the <laughs> assistant uh, referees is called Mark Borsch and Borsch is um, actually one of Ukraine's traditional That's dishes. very true. Soup. So yeah. it's, everything is in Ukraine's favour, I think. <laughs> we had we had pierogi equivalents in Russia and uh, they're quite filling. Yeah. They're like sort they're of heavy. They're a very heavy yes, food. Very heavy. Yeah. Pastry and potatoes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they are. They are quite heavy. Um, look, uh, so look, uh, put your England shirt in your bag on the way home. Wear the Ukrainian shirt. If it all, if it all goes pear shaped, you can put your England shirt on 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 the tube home, Kate. But um, look, enjoy. Give us a score then. Um, I'm going one 0 England. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. And uh, joining us now to reminisce about some of those big England games uh, he commentated mm. on and to uh, look back on that uh, Germany victory. John Motton joins us. Hi, Motti. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I said, well, you've, you've done quite a few uh, commentaries on England, Germany over the years. Uh, Couple we've won, most we've lost. So how did you yeah. how did you view the game at midweek? Well, I was pleased, obviously, to see England get through. I was a bit uh, over patriotic. Some people thought last Friday when I said I thought we would beat Germany and go on and win the tournament. I still hold by that. I think everything is moving in England's direction. I know we've got to go to Rome. But uh, Ukraine don't seem to me to be the insurmountable hurdle that you could have suggested Germany might be. Uh, Ukraine have lost two of their group matches and only won their knockout game in the last minute of extra time. So uh, basically, I, I don't think there's too much to be afraid of there, provided England play with the same determination and discipline that they have so far. There can't be many stadiums you haven't commentated at, Motti. What about the Stadio Olimpico? Have you, have you well... Been I've done a few games there, Andy. I was looking back today, funnily enough, as to when I've last done England in a quarter-final knockout match. Uh, and only once have I done it in the European Championship. That was Euro 2004 in Portugal. Sven Joran Eriksson was the coach. And we lost on penalties 6-5. You remember it was the game when Rooney got injured after making a great impact in the group stage. But that penalty shootout, I'll never forget it. David Beckham missed the first kick. Owen Lampard, Terry, Hargreaves and Cole all scored. And then Vassell missed. And that left the Portuguese goalkeeper, Ricardo, to come up and score the winning penalty. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored in that shootout, by the way, as he did four years later when we lost in the World Cup quarterfinals. Yeah. Do you feel you, you, the, the whole nation's watching Marty, on, on nights like yeah. that? And did you kind of sense that? Do you feel that responsibility going into these big games? 
No, I think I had a way of uh, not, not of shutting myself off. That wouldn't be fair because I, I felt I was sort of representing the, the hearts and minds of all the English people. But I, I couldn't dwell on it too much. Uh, as a commentator, I think your concentration, identifying the players and making sure you've got your, your ducks in a row, I think that tends to over, override any sort of uh, emotional involvement that you might feel. Although, of course, deep down, if you're English, you hope that England might win. Sure. When you sit at home now and watch, I don't want you to name people around people, but do you, are you critical of other commentators or do you enjoy their work or how, how do you sort of, do you actually sort of sit there and, and mark it in a way? No, I don't, believe it or not, because I'll tell you why. I think the modern commentator has got a much more difficult task than I ever had. I mean, things have changed a lot, haven't they, with VAR, with the shirt numbers. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not quite the job it was when I was doing it, actually. So, no, I've got great admiration for all of the, those uh, the, those lady, gentlemen and ladies who are doing the job. I mean, I think they're all absolutely first class. And I know I just enjoy the game and help let them let them help to talk me through it. Yeah. I, one of the difficult things because of things like VAR and the way that they're working the offside rule now and the flag not going up is that the commentator, you know, tries to sum up the moment mm. when a goal is scored. But, they're, you know, probably the co-commentator has already seen it's offside. I mean, it, is, yeah, it has become difficult. more difficult, mm. hasn't it? You know, because, you know, oh, the, they, there's certain things you want to do as a commentator. Yeah, you can't go mad now. In the moment. No, so it's very daft. hard to do that, yeah. You can't. And it must be very frustrating as well, especially when you think how long it takes sometimes for the VAR to be signalled and indeed to be to be, to, to be resolved. Um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't help when you want to actually let your emo let your emotions go on on something that you've seen which was quite perhaps wonderful at the time incidentally have you talked about the referee today at all on the program we we, uh, we haven't really much no. i mean well, felix brick is a is a very good ref, good ref yeah. yes uh, Felix Brick, he's done an England-Scotland game on his CV. Mm. He also did um, the Ukraine's match with the Netherlands in the group stage. And he, he gave you five yellow cards in the, in the match between Belgium and Portugal. Now, I only mention that because, of course, three England players are on yellow cards. Rice, mm. Phillips and Maguire. And I just wonder whether Gareth Southgate's team selection might possibly include maybe resting one or two of them uh, so that they don't get suspended for the semi-final. Yeah, it's that's difficult been to do that. Because you, you, you're torn, aren't you? Because as a manager, you want to get through to the semi There's no point resting them if we go out. You know, so it's, in a way, no. you sense it's to play the best team. And well, get there yes, and then worry about it afterwards. Mm, that's right. And I mean, Gareth Southgate is so grounded and so... Uh, He's so intelligent that he'll he'll obviously have thought that through and got his got his own solution to that. I must say, boys, I I think the whole um, England setup now is so much better than any of those that I've witnessed in the past over what nearly well probably 35 years. Wow. I mean, from the moment they start singing the national anthem, it's so lustily sung, isn't it? When I, I remember the day when England players hardly opened their mouths during the national anthem, and the patience with which they play and keep the ball. And also, the way Southgate includes everybody, it was noticeable for me, I was at Wembley on, on Tuesday, when the final whistle went and the celebrations started, and my goodness me, they, they were vociferous, weren't they, especially in the crowd. Mm. But Gareth Southgate made a point of giving a little hug to all the non-playing substitutes who came off the bench to join in the excitement. And, and that's typical of the way he's conducted himself 
throughout this this uh, tenure, really. I, I just think he, his attention to detail is fantastic, and I fully expect that to be the case again uh, when, when they play in Rome tomorrow. Yeah, the comment he made yesterday, Motti, about you know the players not taking any notice of the groans, because that was certainly yeah. happening at the Scotland game, and a few times in the Germany yeah. game where balls could have gone into the box and they recycled it. And, and you know, he... we, we used to be very critical of England sides that oh. would play it square, three passes, then just hit a ball into a channel and lose yeah. it. And how we, many, yeah. how many, how many times when I was commentating with Trevor Brooking, uh, Paul, Andy, did, did 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 I hear him sigh and almost? put the microphone to one side because we in those days we used to play the long ball and it used to come back just as quickly yeah. now England England at the moment have got a tremendous amount of patience uh, and we need it and, we're, and that's why we haven't let a goal in because we're organised alright we may have the lowest number of goals and shots and crosses in the, of the surviving teams in the tournament but that's because we've taken our time and we've made completely sure that we were sound at the back yeah, I mean, it was a line today by Sam Dean and I think the piece you're talking about in the Telegraph and he said, he said there is a fine line between controlling the game, the game and enjoying sterile possession and that's yeah. the balance you have to strike, isn't I, it? I hate it when they spurn the forward run to go backwards, you know. Sometimes it's worth just trying the ball, you know. They, yeah. Especially against the Scotland game, that was my criticism there, but I thought the other night, I thought they played well. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, how can you criticise the manager when he's, you know, even when he's being criticised, he's not listening to the noise and he's going with what he and his coach think and and it so far it's working yeah and i think maybe the brakes might come off a little bit more against ukraine particularly if we start the game well uh, i think we might be capable there of perhaps uh, going a bit forward a bit bit more readily not gung ho don't get me wrong but depending on his team selection i think we could see an england team just perhaps widen their scope a little bit tomorrow good stuff um Motti, are you gonna, where, where will you be watching You'll be watching at home Yes, I think I will tomorrow. I had a wonderful day at Wembley on Tuesday. It was a privilege to be there uh, with all those uh, excited fans. Uh, but I'm, no, I'm not going to Rome, so I'll probably be watching quietly at home and keeping my fingers crossed for Southgate and England. Good stuff. Cheers, Motti. We'll catch up with you soon. Take care. There we are. John Motson there. I don't, I don't know about you. There were 45,000 people there on Tuesday. I, th- I think there's everybody I know, basically. <laughs> everybody on my timeline, everybody seemed to be there. I was quite jealous. It didn't Apart feel from like, you. I mean, it, it, it feels like a sort of that Sex Pistols gig when there was like 200, <laughs> but they were really there. They were sending pictures, so you know they don't Motty say they were there. there. They were Max actually was there. there. Oh, everybody was there. Yeah. You know, but there you go. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Coming up in the final hour of the show today, we'll bring you the clips of the week. Uh, we'll also be chatting to Terry Gibson, looking at a bit more detail from a Spanish angle. Our first commentary game of the evening, Switzerland uh, versus Spain. But before all of that, uh, we are joined by uh, Martin Kellner. Actually, we're also joined by Andy Jacobs. Great to see you, Andy. I know he, he was just having a chat with Adrian outside. You know, he loses all track. You know what it's like at that age. You yeah. lose all track of time, don't you? He got up half past four. So, uh, Martin, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you boys. Uh, yeah, so you've been watching a bit of sport on TV, This, which isn't difficult, really, is it, at the moment? Not difficult at all. I don't know whether you're watching the uh, Spain-Croatia match on uh, ITV. I'm going to be very careful. Here. Right. Um, 
because it was a great match. We all know it was a great match, probably the best match so far. Mm. And I'm going to step very gingerly into the great Emma Hayes debate, mm. which was being debated on uh, Twitter. Now, let me say, first of all, Emma Hayes knows way more about coaching a football team than I do. Emma Bunton probably knows more about coaching a football <laughs> team uh, than I do. Um, it was just... To, to my, you know, you were talking last week, Andy, about the balance that Ali McCoist has mm. pretty well between tactics, tactical analysis, uh, basically banter, and just being a companionable presence while you're watching the match. Um, my view on Emma Hayes is despite all her incredible qualities which people are talking about on uh, Twitter and a lot of people think she's the best of the pundits she's just got that balance tragically wrong to be honest uh, and when she was doing the commentary on the Croatia-Spain match mm. with uh, Joe Spay and she felt obliged to pick up on virtually everything that he said so he'd say something and then she'd pick up with some sort of analysis which was no doubt you know perfectly valid etc uh, etc et but it did make for an uncomfortable watch or uncomfortable listen it, as far as I'm concerned this is just right. purely a personal opinion because I know when you you, you know there's been a lot of talk about female pundits etc you raise a very interesting point, Martin, and I've talked about this a long time. I think women pundits and women's football will have arrived when you are free to criticise them without being accused of being a sexist. And I don't think that situation still exists as of this moment. No, I think you're absolutely right. So, I mean, she'd got... The, and I, as, I, as I say, you know, uh, I've never coached at the highest level. Uh, I did take over Rothwell Juniors for a week, uh, <laughs> the under-9s, but, you know, all I had How to do... How did that go? How did they get on? Not bad. The uh, the guy was, although the other team, I have to say, were pretty dirty. Uh, I did have to put in... You yeah, know, that was Emma Bunton's team. Yes, yes. Bunton. She's a three-five-two woman, Precisely. I believe. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I didn't put anything on Twitter because I... But, you know, she just sort of... It, it's a direction, I think. But I, mean, I tell you, also, it's interesting because there was a lot of controversy about this. And I looked at the Chelsea website, who are normally so critical of any female commentators. Really? You know, the, reconstructed blokes that support yeah. Chelsea but of course it was Emma Hayes so, what a marvellous her knowledge was just fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. So club, what, what, club loyalty Martin, so. I'm interested to sort of dig a bit deeper what, is, is, it, what, is it that balance you think that, do you think it's what well, it's too tactical uh, or is that what you're getting at or do you think it, yes, it's, it's, right, it's it needs exactly to be a bit more you're saying it needs to be a bit more conver syndrome. a bit more conversational and a bit yes. more accessible is that what you're saying the, it's over analysing okay. as far as I'm concerned and there was one moment in the uh, second half when the the, uh, the Spanish goalkeeper, um, who of course had uh, given, you know, gifted Croatia that early goal, mm. um, he, he made a save in extra time. Uh, you know, Simon, so he makes mm. the save in extra time, which uh, keeps Spain in the game. Um, so to me, that was a fantastic redemptive save. But she was so busy analysing what had happened at that point that both she and Joe Spate missed the story because the story mm. was redemption for the Spanish goalkeeper, which is not a great tactical story. You don't have to have any tactical acumen. <laughs> you just have to be a journalist and know mm. that that is the story. Mm. So um, I just thought there was too much of the analysis going on. And I don't think anybody needs to go. And I can see why. You know, because if she just says, "Oh, he'll be disappointed with that," yeah. you know, there's people like me will, uh, you know, jump on these uh, commentators and uh, pundits and have a go. So she's determined to show that she knows what she's talking about, and she definitely does know what she's talking about. Mm. 
but in the role of uh, maybe she would be better employed in the studio and I've seen her do one or two of those studio things and I think she's better at that to be honest well, Martin but, it's you know you're here to yeah, critique yeah, and, and review enough, sport yeah. on TV so you, yes, you're, you cancelled you're entitled to your opinion Martin <laughs> um, cancelled counter what, what um, news night on England oh, I missed this what, what was how did they approach it well, it was brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, somebody had been, you know, at the pre-programmed meeting of Newsnight, somebody had said, um, there's a lot of this association football stuff in the newspapers. There's six pages in The Guardian. We're going to have to uh, do something about this. So they did a sort of, it was Emily Maitlis, they did a sort of wither England, if you like, mm. you know. Does this new mm. sort of woke uh, English team, you know, new young team, etc., etc. Does it? what does it say about England today? And what does it say? say about the difference between the uh, English uh, character if you like and the uh, and the British um, character does it redefine the whole way we view Englishness and now the guests they had on this were the um, the excellent popular historian David Olasoga oh, yeah. um, hey, who yeah. you'll have seen on quite a few oh, shows yeah. he's, he's good popular history and everything um, he definitely is your go-to guy for uh, enlightenment on Britain's colonial past but he's never likely to appear on a sports bar. Mm. Uh, he's, <laughs> well, uh, he's of a different ilk, really. And uh, they put him up in the studio with uh, with John Barnes. Right. Now, Barnes has been on all sorts of stuff at the moment. You know, they obviously he and David Seaman and people like that been on things like Peter Crouch's year-long Euros, which we may possibly get to in a second. <laughs> but... You know, you wouldn't expect an argument between David Olusoga and uh, John Barnes. I'm sure that's not why they, they weren't there for a great big ding-dong. But they ended up having one. It was brilliant. Um, basically, what happened was the historian was sort of saying that uh, with, the, with the wokeness of this new team and uh, with Gareth Southgate being such a sort of modern man and all that... Uh, it was now sort of easier for black people, if you like, to uh, associate with the England football team. Mm. Um, this got on the nerves of uh, John Barnes, who pointed to all his many, the many black players who, who he played with over the years on the, uh, on the England football team and said, you know, this wasn't a new thing. You know, we were, uh, we were just as good in those days, if you like. I mean, it wasn't quite what Newsnight was saying. So he took the argument and pulled it in an entirely different uh, dire direction, uh, leaving the historian there looking, guess, you know, who's quite used to doing sort of authored pieces where he goes and walks around the streets of uh, Bristol and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it looked him, he was looking a little bit flummoxed by all this. Oh. Um, fortunately, at that point, Bill Cosby was released, so they could move on to something else. Before before a punch-up broke out. Yeah. Was, Mate, uh, Mateless likes a flat-back four and two holders. Is that, is that very she much? She wants two sitting, does she? she does. Two sitting, <laughs> not one up, one off, one... Yeah, we can't do that. No, so, no, um, uh, <laughs> Crouch's year late Euros. Now, on the basis that uh, I've got... A, I've, I've never seen it, but we I haven't heard great things. Well, we look, we've got a couple of pals who work on it, and um, so I don't know if that will temper you. What, what, I mean, I don't know if you're going to give it five stars. I've got no idea, mind. You're not in that kind of mood by the sound of it. No, I so, wasn't going to give it five stars. OK, I well, so. I mean, I, 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 would, I would say that maybe you're not the target audience. I don't no, know if that's fair. But um, you, you know that this type of programme is incredibly difficult it to is, pull yeah, off. We, and, it's, and a lot it, of people you know, have tried. A live post-match show is, you know, as you found and, and I found work 
and on the mm. World Cup fantasy football shows when you're, you know, you're doing something 40 minutes after a result that probably everybody's but down I, in the I dump. I know how much we put into it. I know how much we did. We did a year's pre-production in effect before we did that three weeks. We had a mm. lot of backup material. We had a big team, and I don't think they've gone into that with this. And if you don't do that, you're going to struggle. Well, I don't know that for a fact. Precisely. I mean, okay. it's, no, in very, it's in very good hands with people who've made a lot of good sports telly. So yes. um, I'll tell you, yeah. I think the problem, one of the problems is the fact that uh, there's a limited number of guests, and we've seen most of them in the Harry Redknapp and Jamie Redknapp thing on ITV. Mm. We've seen most of those guests. You know, you can be fascinated for a second or two looking at Jimmy Carr's new hair, thinking, "What the hell's gone on there?" Um, you know, that's that's all good. They, when you look at when you go into um, it on the internet, Peter Crouch's uh, year was it not year long, year late Euro? Yes, not year you long. The, Maybe that's the way. No, it, it, it felt it. Yes, I knew not. that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, most of it is about uh, his co-presenter, Maya Jana, a yeah. very attractive young lady. Look. I, you know, I like nothing more than watching young people enjoying themselves. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's what I live for. It's what I live for. And, I'm, and, and all the best to your guys who work in it. But I think the, the problem with, with television, as we all know, is it's, it's all changed. It's about YouTube and it's about a whole load of other issues, um, which uh, it may be doing very well. You know, I think it probably is doing well on YouTube and social media and uh, Instagram and TikTok and etc. etc. Um, which of course wasn't you know the days when you were doing the fantasy football and everything it wasn't around but it is it's yeah, very no, difficult no, to do true. and then the, you know the things that you did like Phoenix from the from the ashes and all those sort mm, of things yeah. um, there's not the budget is there to do those well that's, you know, that's those big, kind of what I was hinting at the same yeah. idea that, you know yeah, yeah. we had a big budget and oh they threw a lot of money at fantasy they football well, well they, they did, did at the end yeah. <laughs> they did it in the end they did at the end yeah but even if things like a league of their own you know you can see that there's loads of money gone into that mm. i mean I, I don't know much about respective tv budgets um but i would think um you know there's more money sloshing around at sky than there is or not as much as there used to be obviously <laughs> but, but there is do you know what i mean yeah. that looks better resourced mm. and you could probably give I mean, me more can, next you, you can see this i mean for example alan carr's program there's something about movies got a huge budget you can you can see it on screen yeah. you can see mm. in this sort of clips you can see the money things. yeah you can see anyway it. Yeah. Uh, and but, uh, you know as Andy just said, and you quite rightly said, you know, fantasy football worked in an age where there wasn't social media. So by the time you came on here live, forty minutes mm. later, you had the first hit at all those funny clips. Yeah, but indeed. often by the it's time now, yeah. you go on air half an hour later, people have been putting that stuff out uh, mm. on on social media, but that makes it much yeah. much harder to to do that. Yeah. But so, so well done, Peter Crouches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, after we talk you around, Martin. It's always mm. a pleasure, and yeah. um, and. And we'll catch up. Talking of, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, talking of low budgets. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm back. Uh, You're back overnight. <laughs> with your, in your zoo format. What with a your, beautiful With your posse. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport Clips of the Week coming up shortly. But before that, uh, I wanted to ask you, Andy, about a couple of Chelsea-related stories. Mm. One is Victor Moses leaving Chelsea after nine years. Testimonial. At- at the club, yeah. um, great in the uh, year that Conte won the championship. Yeah, when he played the wing back, yeah. superb for Chelsea. He's gone to Spartak Moscow on a two-year yeah, deal. Good luck to him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was you know it was loan after loan, wasn't oh, it? Pathetic, really, really wasn't it? It was crazy that 
But anyway, he's found yeah. he's he's gone there and we wish him well. And Billy Gilmore's gone to Norwich on loan. And we mm. saw of Oliver Oliver Skipper whatever very well for him, a young Tottenham player at Norwich. Got game time straight away and has come mm. on as a player in that year. Yeah. So how, how are you feeling about it? Well, I'd say Gilmore is ahead of Skip from what I've seen of the two mm. players. So yeah. that's good. It's all about game time. If he plays a lot, it'll be wonderful for him. And eventually I think he'll take over from Jorginho. I think Tuchel really likes him. Part of me thinks, oh, I hope it's not one of these loans where he doesn't play a lot. I've seen a lot of Chelsea players, you know, go backwards when they don't get the right loan. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think it's got know, to be the first question they but, ask. But, and you know, he's going to be playing in the Premier League. And it, and it is difficult. And you do think that Chelsea, he must have another idea of what he's going to do because, you know, they'll never get through the season and the amount of games they're going to play with those three, of uh, Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho, they, they need something else. Yeah. You know, we saw that last year. That's why Gilmore played about 10 games so you know so and presumably Chelsea are going to buy somebody or they're going to move James or they're going to do something mm. but uh, they, they definitely need some reinforcements so, but good luck to him he's, we saw him for Scotland against England he's a terrific yeah. young player yeah. and he's done well for Chelsea so I wish him well I can bring you some news from Scotland apparently uh, Google searches uh, in Scotland uh, mm. where can I buy Ukraine shirt where can I buy yes. Ukraine flags <laughs> it's, been, it's been very much on the increase yes, in the yes, last 24 yes. hours you know. uh, as you can imagine. So um, we'll keep an eye on that for you. Yeah, I had a few uh, my Scottish friends texting me after the game. Actually, Dave was very generous, uh, others less so. Right, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah right, OK, fair <laughs> enough. Saying, well, you haven't won the World Cup and all this yes. sort of stuff. But people do get carried away, you know, but you can't help it. It was Germany, it was a great victory, mm. and they played well. And so, sure. you know, and the, some of the coverage of the next day, though, is funny, you know, they, they, they sort of minutiae, then one bit where it says... Uh, Prince William, 39, president of the Football Association, had been seen belting out God Save the Queen at the start of the game. You think, did he really? Did he? Or was he singing God Save My Gran? I yeah. always think he's going to sing that, isn't he? God Save My Gracious Nan. Long live my noble Nan. God Save My Nan. That's perfect. That would be good, wouldn't it? It would be really good. Just, just have that Work opportunity to sing that. Just to, And just look round at other people and just... That's, that's, it's not... Yeah. No, and, it then, would, it's everything, and everyone's got an decorum, opinion on everything. I mean, Prince George Seven looked the part in a suit compared, uh, complete with a blue and red striped FA tie. I thought he looked quite smart. Other people say, oh, why wasn't he in a football shirt? You know, oh, leave him alone. <laughs> He's seven. 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 For goodness sake. He Leave no choice, alone. did he? He, did, he didn't have a waistcoat on. That's what <laughs> he should have had a waistcoat on for Some of these England. letters, but honestly, I, I'm, I've got to get a job here at the Sun just downstairs with a shredder. I'll just take the letters and as soon as I see, well, it's only I'll just a go and of shred floors them. down. How did this get in? Pick yourself From up Gary... a shredder and just sit by the front. Oh, they, <laughs> won't, they won't like it. Well, they, honestly, they should. <laughs> Gary Lilly of South Shields, he wrote to the Sun. He said, did he? It's fantastic that England gained victory over our staunch rivals, Germany, on Tuesday. Yeah, well, that's very true. But I was rather bewildered at the Sun's back page yesterday to see Harry Kane practising golf. He should be practising penalties. Think, we can't train 24 hours a day, you fool. Honestly, I think, what's I wrong think with these people? these letters A too seriously and B too literally. I mean, they're letters to well, a tabloid he he, newspaper. He said he was bewildered. Not the New York Review of Books, is <laughs> He it? said he was bewildered by the fact that Harry Kane was playing golf on his day this, off. This is very much in the beans plural envelope. Beans, I think you're being slightly pedantic. Plural. And this one, this is about Wimbledon. Someone have a word with the Beeb about their camera angles during the female tennis. You could see up their skirts when they sat down between sets. Why would you write that in? 
I've never noticed that at all. Okay. But then I'm that sort You're of looking bloke. now, aren't you? <laughs> I will be. So, um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about? Well, I might do. I don't know. I've had hay fever this week. Oh, okay. Well, that's great news. If you can, that's well. But thank I, you for bringing I heard us there. that if you have local honey, it gets rid of it. Depends so, where you live, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> why has it got to be local, honey? Because that's where you're picking up the hay fever from. So the local bees, you know, the, the local pollen. So that they, the so, local bees, they yeah. So, apparently, the producer he hasn't said get him off. He's mad. He just said to me, "It works. I've tried it." Yeah. So I tried Duckworth Chiswick honey. No, I don't know. What sort of method no, do they I use? I have no share. <laughs> the Duckworth Chiswick method. The Duckworth Lewis honey. Yeah. And uh, yes, it was. Uh, it, it seemed to work. So and it, and it's worked, has it? Well, why have you been sneezing them? <laughs> For about the last two hours, <laughs> the producer he gets his hay naught honey. I take it as he gets his over that way. Uh, the well-known uh, there's uh, lots and lots of honeybees in the hay naught area. There are. So, well, look, I've learned something today, yeah. Andy. Um, Thank uh, you. Probably more than one thing. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll be. Back. Has Martin been cancelled yet? I, I don't know. We'll be back on Monday and uh, we'll be pouring over the England game and all oh, the big yes. games of the weekend, looking ahead to the semi-finals, which, let's be honest, we are biased. We hope England are in. Oh, of course. Um, otherwise, it'll be three hours of Gareth out, I would imagine. <laughs> Not from us, you understand. Well, um, <laughs> well maybe from Andy. <laughs> so, uh, yes, enjoy the football this weekend. Have a good one. We'll speak to you on Monday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.